really felt like I wanted to cry, you know what I mean? If I wasn't trying to like keep it together and like make it up the stairs without falling down. Falling up the stairs? No, no, no. The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Sing it, Dave. Here he goes. Overcome. Don't cry victim to me. There he is. There's the vid right there. Everything we are and used to be is buried and gone. (laughs) Welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today. Today, not tomorrow. With uh, CADC Level 2, Mr. Uh, Vid there, uh, David Fleming. What's up? What's up? What's yeah, up? What's yeah, up? yeah, I got my cowbell. I don't know why. I you just need, do. You need a, a variety of sizes. I think you need some. Oh, yeah, like the little dinky ones all no, the way to the big dongy that, ones. or Up from that one. I had a... Oh. Got a little dinky... That's the wimpy. That's the medium. Then you got to get the big one with the with the uh, drumstick. Oh yeah, with the bomb. Need more cowbell, <laughs> right? So I was used to say on recordings, needs more cowbell. Needs more cowbell. Well, listen, the topic uh, today uh, is uh, listening. Uh, to mom and dad, and from Proverbs 1.8, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Well, we're going to talk about listening to mom and dad, the, the right? Law. Um, I am the law. You are the law. <laughs> Some of you uh, may have not have uh, grown up with uh, a mom and dad that may have even been worthy listening to. I don't know. Um well, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes, right, Dave? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Certainly. Certainly. Oh, boy. It's that time, Dave. What time is that? Oh. It's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. That's Uh-oh. right. Uh-oh. All right, so uh, given how easily some folks are offended uh, by non-politically correct nursery rhymes, uh, I thought I would endeavor to appease their whims by reading uh, a couple of them. Sure, it's not wine? No, it's whims. Is it really whims or wines? It's it's whims. Um, Okay, so here's the first one. It's deep, Dave. 
It's very deep. Okay, so the way the nursery rhyme originally goes is Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. Everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. But the politically correct version goes like this. A young person of the female gender was the possessor of a small, immature ruminant of the species Genus Ovis, whose outermost covering reflected all wavelengths of visible light with a luminosity equal to that of a mass of naturally occurring microscopically crystalline water. Regardless of the translucional path chosen by the aforesaid young person, there was 100% probability that the aforementioned ruminant would select the same pathway. Huh? <laughs> like you I lost said, me after the first like, sentence. Like I said, Mary had a little lamb. Everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. There what go. does what that whatever that was that you read have to do with Mary had a little lamb? That's the politically correct version. According to Because who? you can't say Mary because it's gender specific. Um, but then they do say a young person of the female gender. So it, once again, this whole movement contradicts itself. Uh, but anyway, but here's one that's a little easier to follow. I think you're going to like this. Okay. Three blind mice, three blind mice. See how they run. See how they run. Right. They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their, uh, cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a sight in all of your life as three blind mice? The politically correct version, as not to offend the mice or the farmer or the wife, is three rodents with defective vision. Three rodents with defective vision. (laughs) Notice the manner in which they flee. Notice the manner in which they flee. They all pursued their agricultural spouse who cut off their rear extremity with a kitchen utensil. Have you ever witnessed such a phenomenon in all the span of your existence as three rodents with defective vision? Oh, well, at least I I could follow, you could that, follow one that one a little, right? a little bit. But come on, hey, I know. Let's do the whole show being politically correct. Oh my gosh! Ah, uh, according to let's who's, not according to whose politics? Yeah, right. Yeah, according to whose? I belong to the Patriot Party, so we just say it how it is. Right? <laughs> See, I wonder... This bell would be offensive uh, to some people. This bell would be offensive to some people. So, should we just ring both of them? I don't know. No. If you want to be political clerk, you don't <laughs> ring any of them. <laughs> that does it for the icebreaker. Totally worthless icebreaker. All right. We'll be back with the uh, topic, listening to mom and dad. Don't go away. Right as well. Uh-oh. I heard a rumor that you're thinking about jumping the social media ship because you're tired of all the character assassination and the fussing and fighting and such. Well, if you're serious about that, but you don't want to lose your connection with our programming, no problem. Simply visit us at Take12Radio.com and subscribe on any of the major podcasting platforms listed there. And if you want to download our shows for free... Click on the Potomatic app. There's no reason to lose your connection with the best in recovery talk and positive music at Take12Radio.com.
That is Karen Taylor Good. You can get her music on Apple Music and Spotify or go to her website at stowgood.com. That's S-T-O-W-E good.com. All righty then. So mom and dad, mom and dad, listening to good old mom, mom and good old and dad. dad. Yeah. Some just have mom, some just had dad. Some don't have either. Yeah. Or some have several, or some have mom and mom, some have dad and dad, some have cousin Joe, some have grandpa, right? But everybody, I think, even if it's the court system, somebody's got some authority in their life at some point. Don't most people? Uh, I would think so. Probably, yeah. Um. So, listening to mom and dad, and you pull this out of your your reading um, that you that you like so well, which I also like. Um, it says not all parents provide good instruction. Well, that's true. Or any instruction. Or any instruction. <laughs> um, God has given parents an innate desire to want the best for their children. Many try to teach basic principles that will help the child find success in his life, even though they may not provide all the help and guidance perfectly, right? That's just the first paragraph. Well, that that's, that's not politically correct. <laughs> right. I you can't call them parents who's anymore. Per, who, who does anything perfectly? In fact, I don't know. About the Was it last week? Uh, Monday sh- last week we talked about or the week before? Uh, you can't say mom or mother. It's got to be birthing person. Oh, Lord, help us. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, don't, I don't even know if you can call them parents stop anymore. Stop it. No, true, 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 true to form. Yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's the, what what are you supposed to call them then? I don't know. There's an answer. Um, I will continue to call my mother, mother, and my father, father, and both of them together as my parents, uh, regardless of the, um, regardless <laughs> Regardless, let's just put it that way. I'll be nice. Um, Regardless of the ten percent of yeah. the world that's trying to get us to change to do something that is. So parents sense. provide a source of learning for children. God encourages us to listen and to heed our parents' teachings. The reading goes on to say. So, what are your thoughts, Mister Vid? Uh, well, this is one of those topics that. Uh, you know, when I think of when I think of parents and how you know that little bit that you read, it's you know that <laughs> that one person in the class mm-hmm. that, you know you, you grew up with that actually had both of their parents and they interacted with uh, their children mm-hmm. and you know did things and taught them things and. You know, uh, and then there's, you know, the the rest of the class that either had an absent parent, no parents. Right. Or they had parents, maybe they had one or the other that didn't really teach them anything. I mean, uh, if I have to look back on my own personal life, uh, I, I guess I have to, what's the best way to say it? Uh, OJT, right? On the job training. Mm. 
It wasn't like, you know, here's here's how to do something. Right. Right. I had I had uh, some some uncles and things that when the the extended family was still when everyone was still alive, and then together we used to go and do things at their house. Uh, right. My mom would would take us over there, and we do like the. Uh, we do Christmas was a big thing, and then we do Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house, and you know we do the cooking, but it wasn't. It was like go to the cupboard and get the box or read the instructions. Yeah, you know, here here's a measuring cup. You know, when it says one cup, it wasn't. It was like here's look at the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I learned how to work on cars. I went and bought a manual, mm-hmm. and I. This is before YouTube. I read it and look, you know, I compared the pictures and the schematics to what I was doing and it lines up and this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's not supposed to look like. You know, you not don't have any parts left over. So, if it's still rolling down the road, then you must have didn't did something right. You know, and I've changed the motors and transmissions and, you know, all from just Getting in there and doing it, and reading, you know, reading a book. Right. I mean, it was, you know, I think the the only thing that I can really remember, uh, and this was like when I was five or younger, and I don't remember, and it's just popped into my head just now, and I don't know why this is like one of those things I remember, but uh, fishing, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe I got the memories mixed up, but. I remember that my dad taught me how to tie a, a knot, and I don't even remember what it's called, but it's basically for putting you, a hook on. You put it through, yeah, and then yeah. you the little swirly thing. You do the wind up, right? With the, you stick your finger in the loop and you wind it up, and then you stick the other end through the loop and pull it tight. It's like a little noose. I forget what you call yeah. that, but yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, and I've always remembered that that knot. I remember, you know that. You know, whether or not somebody else later on in my life taught me the same thing or showed me the same thing. Were you like, interested in fishing when he when he taught you that? Or was it just he said, come on, Dave, we're well, going to go fishing? Well, I think it was because those are the, and I don't really remember them all much because I have, but I have pictures. Yeah. Um, is fishing with my dad. We were, you know, when I was little, I'm, I'm talking like four or five years old. There's sure. pictures of us at this little, uh, I'm assuming it's a lake uh-huh. or river or something. Um, and and fishing, and that's one thing that I remember. And then, and then I, th- you know, my my dad disappeared for for a while, and and we were told that he died. And then I find out when I'm like, I don't know, I think I was like thirty, what thirty four or thirty five when I when no I, kidding. Yeah, I found out that he's alive and he's in Minnesota. And oh my goodness, I've got two half sisters and a stepbrother. And yeah, yeah, Jeez. It, it uh, it was a crazy thing, you know. I suppose so. I went out there on a on a vacation, or just a you know when I once I found out he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Here I got this this uh, one sister that we I connected with. They're like we're very similar, and so we made a plan to go out there. This is back when I was still like at the end, probably at the tail end of my addiction, but. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I went out there, and I remember, you know, me and me and uh, my stepbrother Chris, he's now passed. Uh, 
went to hang out with my dad. And what did you think we did? We went fishing. Yeah. Um, wow. It, yeah, it was kind of kind of a, a a neat little thing that we did. But uh, so, mom was the dominant parent in your life then, growing up. Well, yeah, I mean, my dad wasn't there, so. right? So it was mom. And you know, I'm I don't know what all transpired between them. All I know is that you know that my mom, you know, my dad left, and mm-hmm. turns out I guess he met somebody else, and Chris. There's pictures of us when we were little, when I was probably around four or five, at Knoxbury Farm. There's pictures of me and Chris, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I was asked like, who is this kid in the picture? Yeah, and why is he in our pictures? <laughs> right, and it was my my dad's girlfriend, uh, and they, you know, they went back to Minnesota. Yeah, and so I don't remember. I, I you know, I've been to Knoxbury Farm a couple times, but I, but I don't remember. When I was that little, but it's weird because when I reconnected with with uh, Chris when I went back to Minnesota, there were, it was like this weird like Twilight Zone episode because they have the same pictures and they were wondering the same thing. That is wild, you know. I mean, I, I, my yeah. dad told them who who was it who was in the picture, and my my uh, my stepbrother actually, you know, I don't really I can't really say he named his son after me, but he named his son David, and I don't know if that was just because of that connection with mm-hmm. uh, with with me and my dad, and I'm sure there was some talk or whatever, and so my stepbrother was trying to make a connection. I'm just trying to fill in some blanks. Anyway, um, so it was uh, it was just this weird Twilight Zone episode where all this stuff was happening, and uh it was really you know strange and then we just, i went back to california and told my you know i told my wife i said uh moving mm-hmm. to or we weren't married at the time uh mm-hmm. i'm moving to minnesota <laughs> <laughs> you can come if you want which is a stupid thing at the time because she was pregnant with our youngest so let me let me ask you this as as somebody who works in the field dealing with with folks that are struggling with or living well or recovering from either way uh from substance use disorder um do you find that people that are in that situation uh that it's more common for them to come from split parent homes than it is from parents that have stayed together uh yeah yeah well and there's i mean there's so many different variables that happen sure but you know the i mean the generation before me um i just i think they're you know they typically stayed together mm-hmm. no matter you know they stuck it through and you know sometimes that they they stayed together even though if they some of them had a you know, a separate life, they still stayed together in the same house. Because that's what you did. Because that's right? what you did at the yeah. time. You didn't yeah. like run out on your family. And then at some point, you know, stuff happened in the world. I mean, you can probably list uh, sure. a dozen things. And it was just, 
maybe it was the end of like the 60s and 70s, right? You got all that free love and all that. Mm-hmm. And people started just, well, if this if this doesn't work out, I'd just go find something else. And I, and somehow that just caught on, you know. I'm, yeah. I haven't really, you know, studied, studied that too deeply, but just... <clears throat> You know, trying to you know break it down and what I've seen and, and experienced in my lifetime, it's like it's easier just to if this doesn't work out, we just we just move on, move on. Yeah, you know, next. Um, that's so sad. It is, yeah, and that's so sad. There's, I mean, up until like my uncle Charlie passed. Um, after that, it it's like the there's only one person or one uh marriage that's in our family that stayed together mm-hmm. and everybody else they split up or one of the spouses died and then they had to move on but um and i found out through looking at at different things from our family tree that there's like uh, there's like addiction on both sides running up and down throughout sure. every generation and uh you know i'm sure that had a little bit to do with it yeah but it's uh it seems like you know it was part of a society is like you know do it you know whatever makes you feel oh you know feel good you know everything in moderation you know uh i mean there's probably all kinds of things that you know i could say contributed people going to war and coming back and have ptsd and yeah lots of stuff i mean there's so much that makes things complicated and nobody knows what to do and you know there's there's people are still trying to help others trying to get educated trying to help and make a difference but so so with the topic listening to mom and dad because they may have stuff of value it might be listening to mom and dad what they're not saying or paying attention right to their dysfunction and i mean there's all sorts of ways of listening to mom and dad yeah, i mean you know it's not always good right. you know but i i was thinking so so when i grew up my dad was city manager for 21 years in petaluma california which is a lengthy time for a city manager anyway um he was very successful in that arena he was a good father he was a very positive influence but he he didn't take me fishing he, i think he taught me how to catch and how to hit a ball right mom's the one that taught me how to ride a bike because she was a stay-at-home mom um she didn't even drive so i was with my mom a lot but but my growing up most of my basic life skills that i remember came from being involved in the scouting movement mm. And from older boys and men that I looked up to in the Boy Scouts of America uh, and then getting very, very involved deeply with that organization, uh, moving up in the ranks and so forth. Um, And I remember those vividly. I am sure there are things that my mother and father taught me that I just don't remember that are a part of my value systems today. You know, but I was kind of like the guy in the story. And I read this. They did. They did everything right. Really? My parents did the best they could. You know, Um, neither one of them 
were, you know, alcoholics or, or addicts. Uh, they were very functional. Uh, in the in, in the story that you sent me, it says Stephen came to counseling after spending time in prison. He shared that his parents had tried to raise him in a godly way. He learned right from wrong under their teaching, but he chose to forsake their instruction and was arrested for stealing construction equipment to sell for drug money. And then the story story goes on about how he, his life fell apart, right? Regardless of the teaching of his parents. So there's a lot of parents out there. They're, they're scratching their head going, where, where did we go wrong? Well, you may right. not have true. Right. You may have done everything right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. it when you think about that situation, you know, and you think about when you're in addiction, you're not thinking of those lessons yeah. that you learned along the way. You're you're in survival mode. You got to get some stuff to sell, you know, get that. You got to get money quickly so that you can get your, your, your fix quickly. You don't, you're mm-hmm. not going to like, well, let's see, I'll go down to the temp agency and I'll get a job. And after a week or so, I'll be able to have enough money to get, you know, get a bag. It's like, no, that's not what's going to happen. Right. Um, I get that the whole uh, learning from the scouts. You know, I, I did the, you know, my mom and, and bro- got me involved with scouting and I and I was involved in 4-H. Yeah. Um, and I think there was something else. So I, I let me I, let me ask you this question. So, so um, there are people listening to the show right now. There, there may be young people listening to the show that's, that are saying, Okay, listening to mom and dad, you know, why should I listen to my mom and dad? I mean, uh, and let's assume they're coming from a family that's still together. Um, what can you tell them to encourage them that maybe their their mom and dad can see around the corner they can't see, and maybe they ought to pay attention? Or can you even tell that to a young person? Or is it something that they just got to kind of learn on their own? Uh- realistically i think it and this goes back you know time and time and memoriam and all that stuff right whatever you say because it doesn't matter what your parents say i mean yeah okay they have some good stuff and you know you're like some people are like "Mm, i don't know about that right but when we go out and try something that maybe is not exactly the way they they uh told you to do it because you know if you do x then z will happen yeah and we're not going to really do anything we're not going to really it's not going to really stick in our brain uh until we actually go out and do it right because we get that well I, that's not gonna you know either succeed I or can, fail at it right well i mean even when, i remember when even when i was younger uh i had family members tell me that i'm not gonna you're not gonna amount to nothing and you can't get any can't get any you can't do anything good and you, you can't succeed in life unless you go to college. <laughs> I'm like, right. Uh, cause I saw that whole writing on the wall. Well, the whole thing was about, you know, you go to, you go to school and high school and you get good grades and you try to get scholarships and then you, you know, you go to a good college and then you get a degree and you get this good job. And I'm like, there's so much other stuff that you can do 
you know, to get a job, you don't need to go to college. Mm-hmm. You can go to trade school. You can do on-the-job training. You can, depending on what your situation is. But that, right? but that was the big pushback but then, that wasn't was, it? Yeah, even before that, you know, you had families that were like generations of lawyers or doctors or, sure, you know, whatever, vets. And it's like, that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Uh, I was dabbling uh, in the music business when I was younger, and so I... That well, you know, I'll get, uh, I'll get involved with this, and I was doing construction, and I, you know, I was very good at what I did in construction and the music business, and I made just as much money, if not more, you know, uh, that I'm making now with a bachelor's degree. Yeah, and yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Know what I'm saying, I still yeah. got a, I still got my uh, student loans that I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got to pay back eventually, you yeah, know. That's a scam on its own. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, and I learned through that process of doing that. Well, because in order where I, we're at in Minnesota, uh, in order to become a counselor, you have to have, well, in the process while I was doing it, they said you have to have a bachelor's degree. But when yeah. you started, I remember back in, you know, when you first heard about, you know, it's like these people went to like treatment and then they got out of treatment. And then after they were sober for a year, they came on and were counselors at this prestigious sure. treatment center. Yeah. At Hazelden. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, now yeah. you have to have a, like a, a bachelor's degree and all this stuff, which, you know, is a good thing uh, on, on some level. But every state is different, which makes it great. It is. In the state of Oregon, to get a teacher's credentials, you have to have a master's degree. And the thing that's ironic about it, you don't have to have a master's in any kind of education, you can have a master's in basket, basket weaving. weaving yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> as long as you have a master's, which is crazy. My, uh, our, our son who's a pastor now, um, he went to George Fox Christian university, uh, to, to get his degree in music education. Right. And, uh, along the way, uh, he changed it to pre-teach, uh, and then, and worship and so forth. Um, but he discovered that he could get a master's in anything, you know, yeah. and, and today, I mean, right now, because he has all the other qualifications, if he wanted to teach in the public school system or at university level, right, he could take a one year course in how to pick your nose and get a master's in it and they'd hire him. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it's I, yeah, I, it's, just, I it, it's crazy. Found so, that out myself. It And it's. So it's disgusting if you ask me. So so listening I decided not to play their game. Listening to mom and dad is not always the way to go and that's a hard pill to swallow because uh you know we look at the biblical example of it. Of course in the biblical example there's an assumption that mom and dad are healthy here. You know Follow the instructions of your mother and father. Um, be obedient to them. This is the commandment with a blessing. You know, honor thy, thy mother and thy father. But honoring doesn't necessarily mean you do exactly what they tell you to do. It means that you respect them and that right. you honor them. Right. Dad, you know what? I respect you and I honor you as my father, but that's not the avenue I'm going with and my their, life. Their experience and the time and th- everything else that was going on Are when different. they were go- growing up. And going through that process is a little different. Sure. Um, but but let me play devil's advocate for a minute. On the flip side of the coin, though, 
it's like when we're new in recovery, right? And, and people say, well, take what you need and leave the rest. Well, we don't even know what we need. So that's bad advice. We need to, we need to be in there. We need to listen to all of it. Yep. You know, so when you're very young, you don't know. Your brain isn't even developed yet on how to make certain decisions and wise choices. That's why we have uh, uh, age limits to where we say you have to be this age before you're considered an adult because you can't make adult decisions yet, mm. right? Yeah. So at some point, you need to be able to listen to mom and dad. But if mom and dad aren't present or it's broken, that makes it very challenging. Yeah, I, Looking back, I, do, I realize that there are things that... I picked up along the way and I think it was just from the the life experience. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like here's, you know, here's your manual, let's sit down and review it on how to grow how to be, you know, adult or whatever. How to be an adult. <laughs> um, but I know and I think some of it is just from genetics too. I mean, I I realize that there are things that that I do and mannerisms that I've uh, I've gotten from my from my dad and from my mom and actually from you know my grandfather's side of the family and my grandmother's side of the family I've picked up things that I learned from them from their experience what they mm -hmm. you know, just being around them and then also just naturally in the genetics yeah you know as far as different you know, being good at different things, you know, right. it's just, it, it wasn't like I was around them to pick up those tools, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but I figured out later on that, yeah, I mean, we're going down the same road on a different street. I mean, we're going the same direction. Yeah. On a, just on a, on a different street, you know, and yeah. I didn't want to go, I didn't want to go to college right out of high school, man. It might, Life up to that point, I thought was horrible, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know who I am or what I want. I mean, I want to go, you know, get get in the music business, and you know, who knows what that's going to take take off to. Um, and so that's what I did for for a number of years while I was doing construction on the side and in between to you know make the make money in order to you know pay bills and stuff. Sure. In the beginning, but uh, yeah, I didn't. I'm not gonna go to college and go. Uh, they're gonna go. What's your major? <laughs> Basket weaving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have no clue. My dad. Um. Uh, and I don't know if this will pick it up very well or not. There's a picture now. Nah, you can't really see it. There's a picture of him on the wall over there. Uh, Robert H. Meyer was his name, and he he was my hero, but I didn't even know it till after he passed away. Right. And, and uh, but, I, but one of the things that he would do every time he was always supportive, both my mom and dad were always supportive of whatever I chose to do as long as I did my best at it. Mm -hmm. And my dad would say, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're a, and back then when he was younger, the term, I don't care if you're a ditch digger. Ditch digger. I don't care yeah. if you're a garbage man. I don't care if you're an executive, of a huge company, whatever you do, do your best at it. Right. Be your best self at it. And so whenever I did anything, one time I was a janitor for HP, right? My dad bought me, he bought a, a book on janitorial stuff for himself and one for me. Hmm. You know, 
uh, when I was uh, guest services representative for Holiday Inn. He bought stuff on hospitality on the hospitality industry and one for me, you know, stuff like that. Uh, when I worked, worked in food and beverage, he bought food and beverage stuff and one for me. I, I mean, that's how he's that's how he showed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he was interested in stuff. He wasn't the I love you son, you know, like mom was the I love you son mm. kind of guy. Um, but but I always remember that he he was very adamant. Just just do your best and whatever you do, do your best, and I'm, I'll 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 back you. But a lot of kids don't have that. Right. They they just don't have it, and yet. I still went down a road, mm-hmm. right, that took me down the alley of active addiction, alcoholism, and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And so there you go. And and why is that? Because I'm selfish, self-centered, and self-seeking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it goes back to we. what I said a few minutes ago is, like, we don't know uh, who we are. Right. And I we don't know what our path is. We don't know what our what we're really good at at that point. We're just trying to throw stuff at the wall and yes. see what sticks, right? And I was adopted, that, and this is my adopted oh. father I'm talking about, yeah. and it was a closed adoption. I had no knowledge of any kind of genetic background, any, nor yeah. were we even interested back then. So you got that, you got that hole of the, like, the black hole where there's like... Yes. Probably not any ever possibility to find out anything. And then I just out of curiosity, taking a drink of dad's Christian brother's brandy, mm-hmm. right? Again, he wasn't an alcoholic. He very rarely ever finished a brandy and seven. But out of curiosity, I saw him relaxing from a hard day at work mm-hmm. by just taking a couple of sips. I thought, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the fat kid at school getting picked on all the time. I need to relax. So I guzzled down a big glass of it, you know, and that set something off that I did not realize at the time that was based in genetics yep. that that I was alcoholic because then I drank alcoholically, didn't realize it at the time, but I wasn't like most kids my age at the time <laughs> that were going, oh, that's the most horrible thing I've ever drank right. I, I, and right. threw up. I was like, this is wonderful, you know, yeah, and I, then I, off I went. Oh God, I remember one time... This is like early on. I think uh, I think it was in high school at the time, but we're at the at the golf course. They got this little section off to the side. It's yeah. like this little area that you know they don't use it for golfing or anything. It's just whatever. And we so we built a fire pit, and we'd go there on the weekends at night, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember doing where someone brought like some. I don't know what it was, Bacardi or whiskey or something, and you know a, a keg and. So we're doing we're doing beer bongs, right? Was with, this the first time you you were? Wasn't doing it? the first time I was drinking, no. Uh, but I re- I remember it because it was like there was probably thirty people there, and at the end of the day, you know, yeah, there's like a couple of us left, right? Right, still standing, <laughs> and I'm like still standing, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, where's everybody going? And What's wrong with you people? Yeah, why aren't you continuing the party? Yeah. Right? Because I'm, you know. You're just I'm, getting started, I'm buddy. just getting started. <laughs> I never had any hangovers. I never, you know, and it's like looking back going, right? man, I wish I would have known then what I, you know, know now or whatever. No, my first drink was with my uh, with one of, with my best friend uh, at the time. Dave, I remember Dave Cordova. He had this, uh, his dad made this apricot uh, brandy. Oh, my gosh. And 
we grabbed the bottle one night and went out <laughs> to the fort in the backyard at his house and we were up there drinking the zebra cat brandy it was the nastiest thing and you know yeah that's i don't remember anything else from that night but i remember us doing that <laughs> yeah that was a, that was the first time i, I was in I was in uh, uh, I was in elementary school. I can't remember. Sounds like Somewhere bad around southern 12, comfort, right? Night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I learned along the way that you know my dad's side of the family they're all they were all alcoholics as well, and turns out my mom's side of the family too, but they were just better at hiding it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there was there was those you go through those times where you know you hear about you know you had the Maybe I had both parents in there they teach all these lessons, but mine came from, uh, and maybe somebody else can relate to this, but mine came actually, anything uh, positive came from other people. Hmm. So uh, I'll have to explain this a little bit. So when I was working construction in San Francisco, this is after uh, one of the earthquakes and there was like tons of damage and so... I was working uh, for a bunch of people. So you had a lot of work to do. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we were, had to crawl under houses and, like, jack them up and then put foundation, new foundations because it's all basically sand out there. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm at this job site, and this guy, he says, he said, uh, found out what my name was, and he's like, are you, you know, are you Beverly's son? And, I'm, and I was a little leery on answering the question just because. Uh-huh. You know, we didn't really get along that great. And I said, yeah. He goes, man, he goes, your mom talks about you all the time and she has nothing but great things to say about you and how proud of you she is. And I'm just like, uh. you know, so I started asking him like some qualifying questions like, sure, are you, we talking about the same person here? Because that's not my mom, right? Uh she and, never showed you that side of her, huh? No, because yeah. and I think that was just because that's the way she was she was taught. That's that's how Yeah. There, well there's a couple things going on there, right? That's how her dad, I think, taught treated her. And then on top of that, you know, my dad leaving and she you know, she had this thing, you know, she hated men for a long time. And so uh, you know, she would make these stupid comments that, you know, oh, you're just like your dad and da 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 and that actually didn't – it meant something good to me because I had this picture in my brain of this fantastic person. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wood, uh, woodworker. He was uh, – he made, he made shoes, uh, you know, motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And so I had this – I was like, cool, thanks. You know, wow. I didn't say it out loud to her, but that's what, when she would say that, it was like she was trying to like put me down or, you know, make it a negative and I switched it into a positive. <laughs> uh, and it was, yeah, it was just, you know, one of those things. And uh, just, I just did it. I'm not, not even sure where that came from, but my grandmother was always good. I think she was always a good influence on me. And she introduced me to, uh, um, introduced me to like the church, and mm-hmm. I think that kind of you know. Grandma's are good at that. I've always you know I've always been a spiritual person, 
and I took the information, you know, that I got, and yeah, it's like it always kind of stuck in the back of my mind. Did the uh, the old uh, King James, you know, I remember that, and and then my mom, she took us to, uh, she took us to like three or four different uh, denominations, and so I got a good like you got a good taste of experience all of, them. of you know Southern Baptist and yeah, all kinds of my my dad, I'll never forget this. So in my in my early early uh sobriety I, within my first three years uh my dad started taking me to rotary club with him you know and uh not not every time but I, maybe once every three or four months he'd say hey come with me to the rotary club luncheon and you come as my guest like, mm. okay pop and I, i'd go with him and he'd always he was so stinking proud of me right about my recovery but he didn't know quite the proper etiquette to introduce me in that manner. Right. So he would say, at no fault of his own, he'd say, hey, I want, I, I, Monty, I want, I want you to meet Congressman so-and-so. My dad was very politically active. Uh, Congressman said, hey, Congressman, this is my son. He's a drug addict. This is my, or, this is my son, the alcoholic. I'm so proud of him. You, you, he didn't know any better. You know, and it was it was interesting because usually the people would look at me that he was introducing me to, you know, and they give me that look like, "Don't worry, we get it. It's it's cool," you, you know. But I was like, "Seriously, wow. Pop?" <laughs> Is that his oh, way man. of shaming you into getting sober? No, because he 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 said it after I had been, you know, I was already clean sober. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was proud of it. He was a he was proud of it and, and you know part of it we we taught our parents back then when we were trying to explain addiction to them uh, I'm not ashamed of having a disease I'm ashamed of not dealing with it when I have the tools yeah. but I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of the fact that I'm allergic to booze well they just pick up on that so why not this is my son the alcoholic this is my son the drug addict. We're so proud of him. You know, wow. we'll qualify a little bit, Pop. Right. You know, this yeah. is my son, the the addict who's now been sober for three years, right. and we're so proud of him. But you know what? Most wh- people whatever. aren't gonna ha- aren't even gonna <laughs> like throw that out there. No, Dad was really good at it though. Uh, yeah, I remember my mom if she was in the room, she'd kind of cringe like, "Oh boy, here it comes." <laughs> Soften the blow. I also remember uh, watching cops with with my mom, mm. and she would make statements like, "Well, at least you weren't ever that bad." And I'm like, "No, I didn't get put on TV. Just didn't get caught." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, All right. cops. Bad boys, bad boys. Uh, Well, we're out of time, Dave. Any closing thoughts on uh, listening to mom and dad? Uh, Just, uh, you know, do the best you can. Take take the information that you get. Right. Right. And and try to apply it. The thing that I just want to share one thing real quick here is, you know, just for those of you who are parents – who are now parents mm-hmm. and have children, you know, they talk about how, you know, there's, there'll be that day when your kids come back, you know, and say, you know, th- thank you. You were right. Yeah. About, you know, whatever it is, uh, when they turn about, you know, 25 or something. And, uh, um, that actually happened to me, you know, with my, my oldest, uh, now she, she does, I hear it like all the time, but when she was like 20, She's like, 
you know, you remember when you told me about it? And you're like, you, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and the other day, uh, she says, uh, she says, thank you for uh, teaching me how to like fix things. Yeah. Because I fixed the, uh, you know, whatever the problem was with, with the, I think it was a plumbing issue. And she didn't have to call the management company to come out and send somebody Because she learned it from it. you how to yeah, do it. Yeah. And she's like, thanks. That's cool. Thanks for, uh, so yeah, I mean, those are the things I think we pick up along the way or uh, our kids will do the same thing. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. some of it's just by watching. Some of it is by teaching. Right. I mean, my kids know how to finish, do uh do trim work. Right. Staining, sealing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 youngest boy, the, the worship pastor, he does a podcast. He uses my studio. Yeah. But with some members that are, uh, you know, up there in positions of authority within the assemblies of God, they come to the studio and they do podcasts. Well, now he's setting up a uh, a, a media booth for doing their own podcast at the church that he's worship pastor nice. at. You know, and he's setting up that whole thing. And I, I don't think about it often, but then he's just, he sends me pictures. And he's not the kid that's going to hug me and say, Dad, I love you. That's my right, oldest right. boy. But he sends me pictures of the studio and them building it and stuff. And I realize that's his way of saying thanks, Dad. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. It, it's good stuff. All right. Um, so our, our closing song uh, this week. Well, before I tell you about that, I'll tell you about this. Um, next Monday is the Rob Kelly Hour with the Addiction Doctor, Dr. Rob Kelly. So you don't want to miss that. And then on May Monday, May 31st, is my interview uh, with Christopher Kennedy Lawford. This is the son of the actor Peter Lawford and nephew to John F. Kennedy. Uh, this is mm. from the best of Take 12 Recovery Radio. This is an interview that goes back 2009. And he uh, shares his experience, strength, and hope, talks a little bit about Alec Baldwin and some other celebrities. Um, so this ought to be uh, this ought to be a lot of fun, so you don't want to miss out on that. Nice. Thank you, Dave, once again. I uh, hope you have a... Uh, Healthy week. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, oh, yeah. An, that's an inside joke. It's all it's um, all good. I, I'm not afraid of the boogeyman. There you go. Hey, we do not live in fear. That's right. Okay. Uh, one of your favorite things that you like to say is the only thing we have to change about ourselves is everything. Everything. All right. One of the pioneers in recovery music, the group Self-Esteem, Tony Morosi and the gang, uh, wrote this song called Nothing Changes. I think you're going to like it. Here we go. Here's Tony and self-esteem with Nothing Changes. Another day without a drink Now my hands begin to shake Little men from outer space Empty bottles, dirty plates And the sheets are soaked with sweat Has it happened to you yet? See the devil eye to eye Shut the windows, close the blinds Take the edge off just a sip Pour another, leave a tip Try to make it home by ten had to call in sick again From 
promise God that you will stop You won't drink another drop On another bench again Is it ever gonna end? That's uh, Tony Morosi and the gang with the recovery band Self-Esteem, one of the pioneers of recovery music. Great guys. You can visit their website and get more of their recovery-focused music at selfesteem.com. All right. Until next time, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming reminding you that because of God's great love and grace, you are entitled to to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.